This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Yeah. 
And whoa, <laughs> nice cut there. <laughs> right as I'm choking here, uh, Jimmy Murphy here, the stretch run. It always works out that way. Yeah, yeah. He's got that little itch in the throat there, it right? It can't be smooth. Come on. No, everything was smooth until the last 10 seconds of the song. <laughs> but there we go. And uh, here we are in a stretch run. This is my final stretch run of 2016. Down the stretch run of the stretch run. Down yeah, stretch that's run. right. The stretch run of 2016. <laughs> and uh, that is the mighty, mighty Boston's. I spoke to you about them yesterday. And I will be attending their show tonight at the House of Blues in Boston. Hmm. I am stoked. So excited for this show. Uh, it's a holiday tradition. 19th annual hometown throwdown by the Mighty Mighty Boston's. There will be plenty of Boston's music in this show today. So yeah. I'm giving you fair warning, but I've already <laughs> made one fan right here of the band, and that is Justin Sullivan. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. He is, uh, he is now officially a Boston's fan. And uh, before we get into the lineup, Justin, I, I don't know if you've – witnessed any of the the video of them i haven't seen concert. any video okay but i can so, i can already tell <laughs> so there's this one guy in the band i i forget his name i meet him every year and i i, I should know his name but we just refer to him as the dancing guy <laughs> and his job okay and you, you have to google it I, I urge everyone or go on youtube and just google like mighty mighty boston's live and you'll see him on stage his job is to simply dance he doesn't sing he doesn't he does not play an instrument and he just bounces around like this <laughs> and, and, and dances the whole show. That's his job. It's a pretty good gig. <laughs> he is the dancing guy. That's a pretty good gig. How do I get that gig? Yeah, it, it's hilarious, <laughs> man. And so, like, I, I remember when I was young, and I didn't know the band at the time, I ran into him in another show. I think it might have been a Dropkick show or something. And, you know, I don't know his name. I know, all I know is he's, he's the dancing guy from the Boston's. And I was like, hey, you're a dancing guy. He's like, oh, man, does anyone know my name? <laughs> like, seriously, could, could someone just – and again, I can't even remember his name. He's just always going to be dancing guy. And I, I swear, you know, like, God forbid, but when if he ever leaves this earth, <laughs> his tombstone will not have his name. It'll say dancing guy. Dancing guy. <laughs> he danced his night, his life away, <laughs> and that's what it will say. So, uh, yeah, pretty fun stuff. They're a great show, a huge horn section like you like. Oh, yeah. Um, they they really, they just, they do it up. And, I mean, they're all, you know, they're all pushing 50 now. I, I think Dickie B, Dickie Barrett, the lead singer, he's like 51 or 52. You know, they're all mid-40s to 50. Um, and they, they just bring so much energy out there. So, I am stoked for that. It's going to be great, and I am excited for this show. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, as I said, the last one of 2016, so what Justin and I decided would be fun, <laughs> would be to go back and find some of our more exciting and comical segments. Now, of course, Gabriel Morenci falls into that. But, but we already have him on. But we have him on live today. Yeah, he's live. As Justin pointed out to me when I was putting it together, he's like, we, we don't need to eat up that much time because we already have him live. And you know he's going to say something about New Year's well, going out. You know it's exactly. going to be great. It's going to be epic. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect to, ending, you know? to finish the live segment of the show. So in the, what we will do in our next segment, we're, uh, we're going to welcome on Chris Price of WEEI.com. And uh, we'll tee up the Patriots Dolphins with him because uh, this will be my last chance to preview it for the listeners, so we will uh, we'll do that with Chris Price, WEI.com, and then Mario Magola usually joins Mario. us. Yeah, Mario <laughs> on Thursdays. He will join us today, and of course, there's no Thursday night football tomorrow, 
Um, but or what we will do though is we will tee up four games that him and I selected prior to the show uh, that we're going to focus on, and he'll give you his picks. I think he was like two and two last week. He came back down to earth a bit, a bit, just a bit. But he has been he was great. On, he was on a whole other level for a while. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he has been on a, on a on a torrid streak. So uh, we'll talk to Mario McGoal at the end of this hour. And then in the second hour, which will be the final live hour, uh, Gabriel Morenci will join us uh, from Fantasy Sportsnet and uh, Sports Rage. You know, you can find him on Twitter at Sports Rage. He will give us some NFL and NCAA picks. I know right now we've got Northwestern and Pitt on live at Yankee Stadium. They're on ESPN right now in the Pinstripe Bowl. We're starting to get to some more notable kind of yeah, games. Yeah, games that I, I at least recognize the name of, and yep. I care about the teams that are playing. Exactly. I, we've hit that point where I can actually so, watch these games and care. Dave did text me and said that he uh, likes North. Uh, excuse me, Pitt minus four hmm. in this one. Right now, though, it's Northwestern yeah, up by four seven three. Right but it's it's early still. It's early. They're yeah. in the second quarter. We will see what happens there. So we'll get Gabe's take on all the college action and all the NFL action. And then you and I, Sully, will make our final yeah. NFL picks of there, the year. I, I've gone with Unless yeah. you want to go through the playoffs. No, no I, I mean, I've, I've gone to uh, zero research today. I've, I've took your advice and said, you know what, I'm just going to look at it and go with it. And go with it. And go with, the, go guy with today. the hunch. Cause, well, cause, well, you'll have Gabe and Mario to kind of exactly. so they'll, they'll insert throw some, some knowledge some into ideas, you. Yeah, and some ideas. Gonna, and then I'm just going to go off my gut here. Because this week I really I, – I went to like do my research, and I sat down. And there was one game where, uh, uh, who was it? Washington was favored by eight over some uh, whoever they're playing this week. And it made zero sense to me. And I said, you know what? It's because they don't think that that team's going to play. They don't think they're going to play their starters. So I don't know who's going to play starters. I don't know who's not going to play starters. I don't know who's still in the race. I don't know anything right now. It's a mess. Yeah. So at this point, I might as well just take a dart and throw it and go with that. Beat, you know? I, I think, you know, way. the way I look at it for this week, if you are picking games and strictly for entertainment, yes, entertainment. purposes, uh, yeah, you definitely you identify who has something to play for. Who has a chance? Yeah, right. Or no, or even just, just seeding. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, yeah. they, they, there's a lot. Of, there's only what? There's only one one playoff one spot, spot to left, be determined because yeah. the AFC is locked up, and yes. then there's the Packers and Lions That's, playing for the final spot yes, in yes. the NFC. Yeah. Okay, so you identify that game is obviously a biggie, and then. You, you look at the other ones, who can bounce around in the seedings? Who still have, the yeah. Patriots still have the number one seeding to play for yes. in the Obvious. In, yes. in the AFC. And they should. The Raiders they still have the number one seed to play for. Yes. And they're going to be playing against their rival, the Broncos, as well. Those are the way I kind of look at it. And you, you kind of look at it. So you take those teams that have something to play for, and then you look at the, uh, the team they're playing. Now, is can it they, a rival? Can is they it play a team that's yeah. wanna go, that wants to yeah. spoil their season can at all really, costs? Can they really like, you know what? We're going all out. I don't yeah. care that we're eliminated from yeah. the playoffs. You pull every fake punt. Every, I want the Raiders. Off. I want to mess them up. Yeah, you, you know, and I'm it, sure that's how the stops. Broncos are looking at it. Yeah. I really do. I, I think yes. the Broncos, they've got pride, man. They're being called out on the carpet left and right after their dismal season after Especially a Super Bowl win. After a Super Bowl win, yeah. So I think this game means something to the Broncos inside. Absolutely. Not in the standings, but inside, in their gut, for in pride, their heart, for in their brain. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of how I'll look at the games there. And we'll make our picks there in the penultimate segment, as I like to say, yes. of the second hour. And then we will say our goodbyes for 2016. Maybe we'll each pick uh, our favorite sports highlight. It could be either Boston or sports in general, sports if you want. Sports highlight or sports of, moment? No, sports moment Yeah. Hi, okay. of, of 2016. Yeah. It can be Boston-centric or it can be... Uh, whatever you want. We'll we'll do that in the final segment. And then, like I said, 
in the final hour. So we went back. We, we, we found some segments. And what we got, uh, what's the order we're going? We're going to go Russ Conway first. Russ Conway came on. Bo- Bobby Orr talk. I think I, back in October, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, on the anniversary of Bobby Orr's yes, first game. Yes, Bobby 50 Orr, years. Bobby Orr talk. And it was it was oh, awesome. Amazing. <laughs> it, was it was one of those you just sit back. You no no brainer had to be in there. One of the best segments yeah. we've ever had. On there. I mean, think think sitting in a in a dive bar. Yes. At Hampton Beach, talking about Bobby, Orr. where Russ resides, <laughs> and, and having um, you know, a guy that saw it all, watched all Bobby Orr's games, sit there and, and just tell you stories. Just, that that's how that segment felt to me, and it, it was one awesome. of the reasons I awesome. do do radio. Uh, then we're going to give you, uh, in the middle segment, uh, some Tim Schaller. He's figuring that he's the hometown boy, and we've had him on a couple times, so Sully found a segment from yep. him uh, of the Boston Bruins. And then we will close things out when we had. Now, are we doing the roundtable one? The roundtable, yes. Okay, so not we, the one with Pete Shepard and me. Not the one Pete. Okay, because there was one that Pete Shepard and I did when the stretch run pretty much started, started off. Started, yeah. And it was, I think it was like our second show. Really? Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. And it was the day of Bill Lee's uh, movie, The Spaceman. It was yeah, the day the of the Man premiere. Movie. And then after we spoke to Bill Lee on the radio here in Nashville at the station, you went down and saw we him. drove down yeah. and saw him, and we're th- we were there in uh, Somerville, Mass. for the premiere, which was really nice. What a cool night that was. But anytime you have Bill Lee on, it's, uh, that was it's a, worth a listen. That was his, uh, we, you, you mentioned, um, you know, he was running, and he had his Running little, for governor. And he had his little faux pas on... Uh, in the debate, if you don't, oh yeah, if you don't, remember, you remember. Oh, you'll remember when you hear yeah, it. Yep, exactly. I know what you're talking it's, about. All right, was, we'll, we'll leave it at that. It was awesome. It was yeah. just awesome. One of the be- one of the better. It was. Cl- I think Christian almost fell off his chair. Christian did fall off his chair. Yeah. He fell over. He was. Done. <laughs> he, he basically bowed out for the rest of the. Summer. So we will then close you out for 2016 uh, with the spaceman, Bill Lee. Uh, I we were originally supposed to uh, broadcast tomorrow from the Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, New Hampshire. I am told right now. Um, from the powers that be, that is very much up in the air and, and very likely will be postponed because of the incoming nor'easter uh, and the amount of snow that is expected in that area, yeah. even here in <laughs> Nashua. Uh, so uh, I don't know exactly what might be happening tomorrow for the stretch run. I'm not sure. I won't be here. Uh, so it could either be live or they might go to ESPN Radio. We'll tweet it out. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. find me at Twitter, uh, at Murphy's Law 74 the show is at the stretch run NH and the station is at ESPN NH. We will uh, definitely let you know about that. Yeah. So before you get into your uh, Bruins rant, because I feel like there's a rant coming on. Oh, it's uh, coming. Uh, I found uh, I found Dancing Guy. <laughs> I found this is from last year. I found this last. This is great. <laughs> That's the show I was at. Uh, this is is this that is, December twenty seventh? Uh, it's it just says two thousand fifteen. Okay. Yeah, uh, the twenty sixth. Okay, I was at the twenty seventh. But I. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean. I, the reason I, I continue to laugh every once in a while while you're you know introducing the show is because I'm watching this right oh, now, yeah. and I'm watching Dancing Guy, and there's no music, but I, I get it. Now, you notice what they're wearing. They're all in what? Yeah, plaid. Nice, plaid. Yeah. That's their thing, man. Nice I mean, they plaid. had a, an album. I think it was uh, Devil's Night Out in Plaid. Yeah. All right, so that, that's their big trademark. And, but that's it's awesome. This looks like a here we go, crazy Justin. Scene. I, I, yeah, I, I ready do to have go. my plaid on. Ready to go today. All right, I did not have time to stop and get my plaid suit, but <laughs> Make, making it making it well known what's going on today. Yep, yep. So that is, I, I'm st- I'm very stoked for that. But uh, what I am not happy about, <laughs> and we discussed here it we yesterday go. with Joe Haggerty. Here we go. All right, so let's look at it. the Boston Bruins going to Columbus last night. And they're playing the best team, the hottest team, in the NHL. Correct. Okay. 
winners of 12 in a row yes. heading into that game. In Fuego. Okay? So, the Bruins, as we've discussed many times, are an average team. Okay? But they tend to always hang with the best teams yes. they get in the league. Teams. Yes. They, they play to the level of their opponent, very much so. Except they didn't do that in the first 10 minutes of last night. <laughs> no. no, they they played like the Islanders. They must have thought, oh, is that a, is that blue, orange, and white across the way there? They got smashed. Is that Johnny Boychuk? No. No, is that Anders Lee? Talk about coming out flat. Is that Thomas Grace? They ran over a nail in 95. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. Flat as right. can be. Uh, they got stung. <laughs> there it is. By the Blue Jackets. Nice. Well done. Uh, so... They come up flat. They give up three quickies, and all of a sudden they're down three nothing. Now they could have just folded up, like their arch rivals did on my birthday back on November fourth. Who I might say are a better team than the Boston Bruins, and that is the Montreal Canadiens. They could have folded up shot. Just said, you know what? That's enough. It's cool. We've taken enough. Let's just throw it in. Let's go see uh, the Ohio State campus after. Check out the horseshoe. Go see some Buckeyes uh, sports memorabilia in the local pub. Forget it. We're done. And they they would have every reason to do that because, again, Columbus is a better team. Yes. I'm going to continue to stress that. Okay? But they didn't do that. Instead, according to David Backus, he went to the bench after the third goal, and he's sitting on a bench, and him and Bergeron apparently started, you know, yelling at their teammates saying, yo, do we want to be the Montreal Canadiens and let up seven more goals and give up mm. a 10 spot here? Do we want to be embarrassed right now? Do we? And the answer was an emphatic no, no. as they went out Hell and scored no. three straight goals to tie the game. And then they end up losing four to three. So, so my question to you is, how can you say the coach had anything to do with this? Seriously, I mean, what what could the coach do to prevent a lesser team from being beat by a better team? Uh, that would be nothing. <laughs> it is what it is. That would be nothing. And the fact that they did come back. Yes. The fact that his job is on the line again, and they rallied around that, and they showed heart, they showed spirit, they didn't give up. That means, unlike many around here are saying, the message isn't lost. They're not giving up on their coach. They're not giving up on each other. And I'm sorry, folks. That's all you can ask for from this team. I give them full credit. I would actually like to see them just get blown out every game. Oh, I said it. I said and get it the number one pick. I said it's blow it all night. up. I'm ready to go. I got the That's ball. It. I got it all ready. I got all I got the Trade TNT. David Krejci. I got the TNT ready to go. Enough is enough. Yeah. But this is not Claude Julian's fault. And in the famous words of Bill Parcells. If you really want me to cook the dinner, then you got to let me buy the groceries. Correct. Now, Julian obviously does not have as much power as Bill Parcells had when he said that comment as coach slash director of player personnel or assistant GM, whatever his position was there uh, in choosing the player personnel with the New England Patriots, when he said that to the Crafts on his way out. And there was friction there. Because they couldn't agree on what direction they were going in or what players they wanted there. I can tell you right now, 
that what you see on the ice in terms of philosophy and systems is Claude Julien adapting, unlike everyone saying he is not adapting or he never adapts. I'm sorry, did you watch the 2011 Stanley Cup playoffs when they were down 2 nothing to the Canadians at home headed to Montreal? Or did you watch when they went down 2 nothing to the Canucks? I'm so, did, did they not adapt then? Who was the coach then? Oh, that's right, Claude Julien. Okay, did they not adapt throughout the 2013 season? And, and this, this lazy, ugly, boring, moronic, copycat narrative of people saying to me, he kills young players. His system's boring and it's all defense. Really? Because if you go look at the stats, okay, during the course of his time in Boston, for all but two seasons, the last two, he has been top five in defense and top five in offense. I'm sorry, is balance not a good thing? <laughs> is is, is having a balanced team not like what balance. you want? Yeah, we don't, no, no, no. We don't like punch So what do they do? <laughs> they cry for offense, and he says, okay. They open it up, and they forget defense last year. Oh, what did that do? Yeah. You missed the playoffs twice. Yeah. I'm sorry, what wins in the playoffs? I think the phrase or is down de- the stretch run. I think the phrase just is like football. Uh, defense wins championships and goaltending. <laughs> yeah, add goaltending of to the which hockey, hockey the Bruins had none the yes. last two years. Correct. This year they actually do have yes solid defense and solid goaltending. And oh, by the way, they've been playing pretty good hockey up until the last few weeks. But they're playing above their potential. They're playing above what they are. So please, please stop with this nonsense. That he doesn't adapt or he's all defense. (laughs) And, oh, as far as uh, killing young players, hmm, who's Brad Marchand's only coach in the NHL? Yeah, I think that would be Claude Julien. Let's go look at Brad Marchand when he started versus now. A little difference? Is he not considered a superstar in the NHL right now? Just a little bit. Did he not help lead Canada to the World Cup? I think he I think he did. I think he did very well in the World Cup. But he hasn't developed at no, all under no, Julian. No, zero development. Julian had nothing to do zero with it. Zero development. But now, if he hadn't had that progress, it would be Julian's fault. Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, who's the, how old is the leading scorer in the Boston Bruins? Well, it's David Pasternak. So. Right. What's he, 19? He's, I think he's just about 19. I would say that's young. It's very young. And he's actually he's actually uh, changed who's the game his coach? a little bit. He's developed a little bit. Who's the coach? Uh, that would be Claude Julian. Right. Claude Julian and, and, would be the coach. And did Julian's handling of him, despite all the criticism, despite having him not on the power play, despite it, forcing him off. to play two-way hockey, has that worked. not led to a breakout season? I think it's paid off. I think it's worked out well. But again, he doesn't handle no, young guys nope. well. Kills, kills young guys. Kills young guys. Young guys. That Brandon Carlo. Yeah. He, he sucks. <laughs> He's horrible. Zero development. That kid, that Brandon Carlo kid sucks. You know, I, I I hate that argument. And the other argument that drives me absolutely bonkers, especially with this team, is everyone goes, well, you fire the coach and they get a spark and they make the playoffs. And and they have a yeah. good run here. I'm and, sorry. And, and it's great. Wait, wait. And then they go, look at what the Penguins did. Exactly. They compare <laughs> it to the Penguins. And I go, I'm sorry. Last time I checked, the Penguins had Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Mulkin, Chris Letang. You don't have anything near Matt that. Right? You don't have that. You're not that team. You're not that good. You're... People, realize you're not that good. You don't have the talent. You don't have the skill on this team to do that. You are an average team. Accept that you're average. Understand that you have a future. 
I can keep yelling prospects at you, but I will continue to do that because you have that coming down the line. You're going to have to be patient. If you make the playoffs with this team and this young core, great. You're going to get smacked in the first round, but at least you made the playoffs. And Jacobs and, gets his money. And he gets his money. And that means young players developed under Claude Julian. Whoa, that's weird to say. That young players developed. Pasternak had a good year. That means Carlo can, but if you continues don't, to elevate. If you don't, you keep going. Then who like, cares? You like goes on, and these prospects come up next year, and you have a better year next year. Exactly. It's about progress. It's not about just getting to the playoffs here. Let's just rush and get into the what playoffs. What happened with Pittsburgh? Even with Sidney Crosby. That's what they did. Exactly. So you can't just you can't just jump to that. If I have to deal with another that deadline, that is the, the most asinine. Court, look what I Pittsburgh hate, did. I hate that. That drives yes, me up a right. wall. I got that from one of my friends last night, and they said, "No, you don't get it. No, you can't that, go there. You can't go you there. You can't go there. You don't have Sidney Crosby. You don't have the talent on this team yeah. yet. It's here. It's a, it's called prospects. Yep. They're developing. They're slowly coming, but you have to wait. Don't rush things here. Yeah. I can't stand that argument. And, and by the way. Uh, go check the, the season San Jose had last year. Oh, and guess what happened? They stuck with their coach. That I'll take. It worked out. Or Anaheim. They made the playoffs. Worked out pretty well. Yeah. So, you know what? Sully, some people will just never give it. They just have their agenda. They're never going to get it. Of course. But if you want to talk sensible. To, they need something to talk look, about. You, you know? know what? Joe Haggerty yesterday, he backed his points up. And he had me thinking about it. it made sense. All right? But unless you're going to talk sense and back up that those horrible old narratives, I don't want to hear it. Not here in the stretch run. Not on my Twitter handle. Please, just don't. So, anyhow, there's the rant. I think that's going to be the last rant of 2016. Yeah, that should be good. All right. Put uh, that one. <laughs> up next, Chris Price, WEI.com. We're going to talk some Patriots and why they, again, maybe we'll go into another rant, why they need to win Sunday. So stay here. Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire continues. Mighty, mighty Bustones. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Patriots finished the regular season in Miami on New Year's Day, and a win means home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Make plans to watch the game with Miller Lite and ESPN New Hampshire on the massive projection screens at Strikers East Bowling Center in Raymond. Someone at Strikers will win the grand prize of a Miller Lite cornhole game, and everyone can take advantage of the special pizza pop and pins deal, which includes an hour of bowling shoes, pizza, and a pitcher of Miller Lite for just 35 bucks. Spend your New Year's Day watching the Pats at Strikers East Bowling Center. Exit 5, Route 101 in Raymond. 
map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The journey begins in your hometown. Playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester. Tickets are on sale now. Visit DisneyOnIce.com today. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th at Nashua High School South. This year's event features girls and boys teams from Nashua South, Nashua North, Alvern, Salhegan, Milford, Goffstown, and Merrimack, along with special appearances from the famous Chick-fil-A Cows. Games start at 10 a.m. each day, and tickets are available at the door. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th. More info at nhsportspage.com. Hey, it's me, your house talking. You know what would make me really happy? If you had to Lowe's for big savings on their reporter cable drills, so you can start building your 20-volt system. They have all the torque you need to finish that project you've been putting off. You do that for me, and I'll stop peeling my wallpaper when I get bored. Make your home happy with great deals right now at Lowe's, like up to 30% off Porter Cable Power Tools. Valid September 26th through October 12th. Excludes accessories, U.S. only. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. When I think of my youth, I remember a stage of life that's vibrant and full of possibility. The same is true for our forests. A young forest is a light-filled place rich with quickly growing trees, shrubs, wildflowers, and other plants. It may look unruly, but it provides food and shelter for a wide variety of creatures, many of whose numbers have declined in recent decades. In the past, wildfires and flooding created this young forest habitat by creating openings for fresh new growth. Today, we have large largely control those natural processes. The responsibility now falls on us to make enough new young forests so wildlife can thrive. Timber harvests, prescribed fires, and mowing can renew middle-aged woods, making them younger and more vital. Do your part by supporting young forest projects on public and private land. Become a well-informed wildlife advocate. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? <laughs> it's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. It might be the door alarm or the new safety drain covers. 
the pool fencing, even the swim lessons. But the fact is, you can never know which safety step will save a life until it does. Adding multiple safety steps to your safe pool practices can mean the difference between a close call and a call to 911. Simple steps save lives. To learn some new ones, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the American Red Cross, and YMCA of the USA. Be a part of the conversation and call in at 603-883-9900. You're listening to 1250 Manchester, ESPN, New Hampshire. Final stretch run of 2016. Jimmy Murphy, your host. Well, the final one with me of 2016. Justin Sullivan working the boards. And as promised, we're going to talk some Patriots right now with Chris Price of WEI.com. Mr. Price, Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing all right. And how was your holiday? All good. All good. It, 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 it's going well. Lots of good time with family and friends. So that's that's good. always a good thing. It's always needed, right? That's what's important, and uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, the Patriots uh, took care of business with the New York Jets, Chris, uh, and they will go down to Miami to finish off the season. And, and as of now, they are saying they plan to continue to take care of business. Uh, your thoughts on the idea on whether or not they should rest people and it doesn't matter if they win, or should they just keep the foot in the pedal, as Brady said, and go in there and do their best to get a win and secure that top seed? I think you have to keep your your, your pedal, the pedal to the metal, for, for lack of a better term right now, for a few reasons, not the least of which you want to leave no doubt when it comes to that number one seed. I think that they are scalded by the memory of last year's Flame out down the stretch, Me too. which included back to yeah, could <laughs> included back to back losses on the road to the Jets and the Dolphins, and I think that is first and foremost in the mind of Bill Belichick as well as the veterans on that team. So I, I don't think that they have any interest in in resting the starters. I think that if anything, they will have a quick hook if the game gets out of hand one way or another in the early going. I think New England's going to win this thing, but. I don't think that they are going to rest their starters going into this one. I think they're going to play this thing straight up for a few reasons. Again, not the least of which they really want that number one seed. And the four o'clock game is the four o'clock game. You know, the Broncos and the, the, the Raiders. And so, you know, they know that they can finish it off. They, you know, they have their destiny in their own hands. And I think they're going to play it accordingly. And, and why wouldn't you? And that's, that's why I don't understand, Chris, is, is this, 
this sort of narrative out there that it doesn't matter and look, look at the quarterbacks they have to play and uh, Oakland's done now and all this. I don't care. As I said to Sully yesterday, even without Derek Carr, I don't like the potential of having to play an AFC title game in Oakland. And I look at that, the reason being is the same reason as I didn't like it with Denver. Denver didn't have much of an offense in that game. They didn't have a great star quarterback or anything. They had an unreal defense. And I think Oakland, while their secondary is a little shady, I think a guy like Mack could control that game and with a couple big plays on D, get the crowd into it, get the momentum shifting their way, and the next thing you know, you're going home and they're moving on. And I, I, why, why even have that chance there? You know, when you yeah. have the control to eliminate any of those possibilities, why would you not do it? And yet, there's so many Patriots fans and so many of your colleagues that cover the team or analysts on the radio around Boston saying, it doesn't matter, they shouldn't even put the starters on the plane. I, I just... Is this just them being complacent because of all the winning? Is this pompous? Is it what? What is it that these people don't see that we're seeing? Well, I think that people, you know, think back to, to last year and the fact that Brady got you know knocked around a little bit, and, and I think it's a different team. I think that you know we we can bring up the memory of last year and we can bring up you know what happened and the, the you know the the coaching gaffes and the level of execution and all that and. I think people point to that and say, look, Brady could get hurt. You know, uh, like Eric Blunt could get hurt. Dante Hightower could be hurt. Malcolm Butler could be hurt. Those guys. It, it, look, it's, it's, it's not the same team. It's not the same year. You know, I mean, it, I, I think that the vibe is different. I think the attitude is different for a few reasons, not the least of which I think that, you know, the, the offensive line has done a tremendous job blocking, covering for Brady and, you know, protecting Brady. I think the running game has also, you know, done well to, to keep some heat off of Brady. It's a different, you know, it, it's a complete, it's a far different team. Mm-hmm. than the one that went down there last year. And I think a lot of people are still spooked by that memory in that regard. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are saying, you know what, just play it safe, stay home, take the number two seed. You know, you could beat Matt McGloin in Oakland. I think this team, again, is fueled by the memory of last year, and they want to leave no doubt. If you get the home field, there is no team in the AFC that can come into Foxborough and win. Bottom line. I know. If you go, to, if you go anywhere else, you know, you open up the possibility for something weird to happen, something funky to happen. I know, you know, Denver is different, but I, I just don't think, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the number one seed is too valuable. In this and, and, and furthermore, I wouldn't want to have to walk into Oakland Coliseum. I don't know if you've yep. been to that place, Chris, but yeah. what a dump. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> why, why even have to make that walk, you know? Anyhow, yeah. my friend, uh, you had some uh, interesting piece the last few days, and one of them was about the, the coaching carousel that has gone around in the AFC East while Bill Belichick has stayed put. And I, I guess just elaborate that on that and the, the ex- extensive uh, you know, number of coaches that we've seen change places in this division uh, while it's been status quo in New England. Yeah, it's been astounding to, to, to look back and see the coaches that have come and gone over the last dozen plus years in, in the AFC East. And look, part of that is because of Belichick, and part of that is because they're owners who are constantly chasing Belichick and the Patriots and trying to measure up. But when you consider this list and you, you look at the, the way the team things have broken down, and, and you, know, you, you look at the Jets as maybe one of the more stable franchises on that list. I mean, in that time, the, since, since Belichick was talking about the Patriots, the Jets have had Al Groh, Herm Edwards, Eric Mangini, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles five names, you know, and that is when you compare it to 
the Dolphins and the Bills and how they cycle through coaches every couple of years. I, I think, and Bill brought this up yesterday, that the, he, he kind of bemoaned the lack of stability. And you need to have guys in place for a couple of years. You need to give them a, at least two years to kind of build their franchise and kind of, you know, kind of take them in the direction that they want to take them in. And, and it's, it is, it's a shame to see these teams. Look, Patriots fans are benefiting and the Patriots benefit from it, no doubt. But I think at the same time, you'd like to see some of these guys get a little bit more leeway when it comes to building their franchise, when it comes to kind of getting their program, getting their coaches in place, getting their system up and running. And it takes a while and you need to have patience if you're an owner. This is the kind of thing that's not going to kind of turn over in a year or two. I think that the Dolphins certainly have a good plan in place right now. And Adam Gase in his first year has done a very good job. Um, but, you know, you never know with that track record. Put it this way. Since 2000, the uh, Bills and Dolphins have had more interim coaches than the Patriots have actually had head coaches. And, and that should tell you something about the level of instability when it comes to coaching in the AFC. It's it's unreal. And, you know, we, we discussed this a bit with John Serenades yesterday. He's a regular guest on the show. And uh, he was pointing out the Bills bringing in Lynn, <coughs> excuse me, as the interim coach. And he believes that he will be the coach there, too, because they have the feeling that maybe he was going to get scooped up if not. And, you know, he's in the system already. And if they're smart, yes, you got rid of Rex Ryan. You didn't have – I mean, maybe Rex Ryan is an exception. Maybe he was the wrong choice. But you, you still haven't expressed that patience that you're referring to, Chris. And if they keep a guy that's already in the system – there's maybe the patience that they need to start utilizing going forward, uh, that the players are already used to him, they know that system, and, and they can start to uh, progress under him. And, it, and it, like you said, it takes time. You don't want to just throw so many curveballs at these youngsters every year. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is you need to be able to have a good working relationship with your GM. You need to be on the same page. Yep. Some of these guys over the last you know 15 years or so have clearly not been on the same page as their general manager. You know, you look back to... Rex and Idzik in New York, and you know you it, 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 the owner figures into it as well because you know you remember a couple of years ago when you know the Dolphins had I think it was Sperano under contract and they went looking for Harbaugh. You know, I mean, that's it, right. You need to stop chasing eventually. You know, yeah. you need to settle on guys, and you need to be able to kind of have faith in your football people. I'm not saying that every single situation like that is going to be successful, but at the same time, you need to let it breathe. You need to let it grow. You know, and you need to sometimes give it more than a couple of years before you come up with something great. Yeah, I mean, I look at hockey, you know, in the salary cap era. It basically, it's it's sort of that understood five-year plan, so to speak. And if you look at all the teams that have won the Cup, it's usually been in their fourth or fifth year under the same mm-hmm. management regime and or coach. So I think yeah. that's the way to do it. So we will see yeah, how that I, goes. I, I think that three years is a good amount of time. In football? It, it, yeah, in football to get okay. your guys in there, to get your program up and running, to kind of get – your team and in your organization pointed in the direction that it needs to be pointed. I think if you're not winning on a fairly consistent basis by the third year, then I think the ownership has the right to, to kind of pull the plug on you. But I, you know, anything before that, you, you know, like I said, man, you have to have patience. You know, you have to, you have to give it time. You have to let it grow, and you have to kind of. You know, let it evolve because just coaches across the league now are just, you know, they're, they're pulling the plug way too early. Sorry, the owners, I'm sorry, are pulling the plug way too early. For sure. For sure. Before we let you go, uh, Adam Schefter throwing some uh, possible trade scenarios out there with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, quickly, your thoughts. Do they end up trading him or not? I, I think if they end up trading him, I, it, it's going to be this offseason. And the other thing, too, and I was talking about this with my friend Tom Curran from CSN, 
don't automatically assume that a trade is going to happen in the lead up to the draft. More often than not, you might be able to get a better fall of draft picks when you have a team panic in the spring or the summer around training camp, like you know what happened with the Good point. You know, Sam Bradford this year. And, and so we, we get locked into this traditional line of thinking that the, you know the, the, the trade would come right before the draft and they would get the you know the hall of draft picks. But, you know, kind of expand a little bit here. So I, I do think if they're going to move them, it's going to be this offseason. But don't automatically assume that it's going to be around the draft. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, my friend. Hey, listen, have a happy new year and a safe new year. Uh, and enjoy another Patriots playoff run. I'm sure we'll talk to you down the line. Sounds good. Take care, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right. That is Christopher Price of WEEI.com joining me here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. I am Jimmy Murphy. That's Justin Sullivan. We will be back with some picks for this NFL Week 17 from Mario Magola. So stay with us. Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Jaruk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior has been very crazy football-wise, like winning it in OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence. It's a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 Football State Champions? Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in BHS history for football. To actually come out with a win this year, it's incredible. And definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer, I was a volunteer at the LA Hawks. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC, FBI, part of the National Honor Society School. So there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. I volunteer for blood drives. And I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children's Miracle Network. We donated like around $1,000 with what inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stinks, like, I look at him like as my best friend, but when it's time to you know, put on the pads, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located at Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com.
There's no better place to watch football than Buffalo Wild Wings. Monday night, Thursday night, or all day Sunday, visit your local Buffalo Wild Wings at 8 Loudon Road in Concord or inside the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester for the best football watching experience. While you're there, grab a Bud or Bud Light Hall Draft for only $3.49 or a Goose Island IPA for $4.99 all December long. Join the fun for Bud Light Wednesday night trivia at Buffalo Wild Wings where you can test your knowledge and win great prizes like ski tickets. Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord and Manchester. Wings, beer, sports. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com the year-end holiday event going on now at North End Mazda in Lunenburg. From now until January 3rd, get 0% financing for 63 months on all 2016 Mazda vehicles in stock. Make no payments until March and get a $250 gift card just in time for the holidays. Like the new 2016 Mazda 3i, the new 2016 Mazda 6i, or the new 2016 Mazda CX-5. Over 350 vehicles in stock. You're one click away from great holiday savings at BuyNorthEndMazda.com. See dealer or go to BuyNorthEndMazda.com for details. Offer ends January 3rd. You're listening to the home of New England sports on 1250 Manchester. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Mario, 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 Mario. That sound means it's time for our man, Mario Magola, joining us Mario, right now. Mario. How are you, Mario? I'm do- doing pretty well. Nice nice little rendition there, too. You like that, buddy? Oh, you should have heard I it did. before he put me live. It was even better. I was, I was jamming, <laughs> man. I was jamming. I'm in a musical mood, Mario. I am... I, I don't know if you've been listening, but I'm going into Mighty Mighty Boston. Boston. I did hear. Yes. I did hear. I'm psyched. One of my favorite bands growing up, and uh, they come back every year at Christmas time. Holiday time, Happy New Year time, and they uh, they play a set of shows at the House of Blues, right behind Fenway Park, actually, right behind the Green Monster. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna see maybe a, uh, I guess a rain covered Green Monster Fenway Park tonight. We got rain coming in, and it's gonna be a mix tomorrow. You and said then... snow coming in in a couple oh, of days, right? Yeah, no, tomorrow. But it, tomorrow? so apparently Boston's gonna be mostly rain and sleet, and I and where I am right now, Southern New Hampshire. Central Mass is, they're saying, I don't know what, like four to six inches, I guess. Okay. And then you go north, and they're getting belted. Like, you, the further north you go in New Hampshire, uh, all the way up into Vermont and what have you, they're getting like a foot. So, okay. 
Yeah, there's a good no, one nothing coming. Nothing that'll affect football, though. Actually, no, no, Unfortunately, exactly. Well, I actually enjoy that. A lot. I do too. I love it. I, I I think it adds an exciting element, and especially when you're picking games, uh, it definitely factors in. Um, you know, actually, interesting question I got for you, and of course, this is for entertainment purposes only. Right. But do you tend to, if you were looking at an over under total for a game, and it was a snowstorm, would you tend to go? automatically under or would would the teams play still play a major role uh in, in determining that no i was just gonna say you'd want to go under but the teams do play the role you saw packers and bears i think put up something like 54 points a couple weeks ago yeah and it was like negative good, 200 right yeah exactly yeah. frostbite like on each person's arm um you'd kind of want to go under but when it's it, the one comment we always hear and you see it too if it's really slippery it tends to favor the offense because the offense knows where they're going mm-hmm. and the defense can't. Okay. So the defender can't keep up if, if, if a receiver's cutting. So it, it does matter with the teams. It's, if you have a running team in cold weather, then, then you definitely, you're not looking for a high score. Yeah. But if a team that could throw the ball anyway, you know, like, like I think Jordy Nelson got free a couple times in that game yeah. just because, it, you know, you lose him out there. So, so you'd still probably be looking at Packers-Lions right now if it was a uh... – a wild one weather-wise, you'd still, you'd still consider the over just because you, of those you two would, offenses. Actually, when we can get to this game, I don't think it's going to be a shootout in that one. Really? Yes. Really? I don't know if you want to start right, let's, there. Let's start, let's start with that, yeah. Uh, it, it is the, it's the game of the week. It's honestly of course. the game of the season. All the marbles. But you look at what, ha- what just happened last week in, in Dallas, and I think that's what I love when a team has a fresh, nationally televised, something, either a great game or a bad game. And that was a bad game for Detroit. They looked horrible, and their defense looked horrible. But that's not the defense we've come to know from the Lions. They're, they're actually pretty good. They haven't allowed more than 19 points in a game since week eight hmm. before, before this disaster in Dallas. And I looked into it big time because I just couldn't accept. I've been high on Detroit lately. I couldn't accept how badly they played. And you, you realize it. You talked about it in the last segment. This game, you talked about it with the Patriots. This game for the Lions did not matter at all, actually, no. in Week 16, which is odd because a win would have given them a nice safety net for the wild card. But with them losing, it, it meant nothing. Right now, even if they were to win on Sunday night after losing to Dallas, they could still vault to the number two seed in the NFC. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's an incredible amount of value just placed on this game versus if they beat Dallas and lost to Green Bay, there's a good chance where they actually – I don't think they clinch in that scenario – but they, they might have been on the outside looking in, definitely not winning the division. So no matter what happened in Dallas, you kind of have to throw that game out the window. And I do like the fact, with the one good takeaway, if there was one, Matthew Stafford looked okay playing with what was a, a sprained finger or whatever the actual injury was on his throwing hand after playing somewhat poorly against the Giants with that same injury. So if anything, I actually look at what happened in Dallas by Detroit, and I, I take away positives from that. I think they looked better than they played. The game did not matter at all for them. And I like because I like Detroit in terms of the spread, I like this to be a close game, and that tends to lead, like we were just saying, if you were going to care about points in the game, it tends to lead toward the lower-scoring game. I don't really see Detroit competing in a shootout right now the way Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are playing, mm-hmm. but I do see them competing in a, in a reasonably – somewhere in the low 20s type of game. And, and so, who are you liking to come out of there? I like it's, – it's impossible right now to pick against Aaron Rodgers to win. 
he's this whole season has been to get to this point. I do think he pulls it out in the end. I like the Packers to win, but I love the three and a half points. It's been three. I love three and a half points for Detroit. If you can get a three and a half, I'm happy with that. All right. So you, you wait. So you're saying take, I'm take the Lions plus win, three and a half to cover. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. So Lions, Lions to game. cover, Packers to win. I got you. I'm, you know, I write your picks down, I, my friend. I, 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 t- I, take, I, I take that advice. So, By the way, if they tie, it knocks out the Redskins no matter what they do. Okay. Which would be disastrous for the Redskins. Yeah. I got a feeling the Redskins might just knock themselves out, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. Uh, some of the other games we were looking at that you and I want to examine. Let's go back. Chiefs at Chargers. Um, sneaky play against the spread, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Chargers are the embarrassment of the NFL right now. They're the only team that's lost to the Browns. So we just talked about how badly the Lions looked. The Chargers are the only team that has actually given the Browns away. That's how poorly they played. Conversely, you have the Chiefs playing so well that they have defensive linemen throwing touchdowns. Like, you could not get two teams moving in opposite directions. And whenever that happens, I love to take a team getting points, especially in a division rivalry. The one kind of secret play that I love here. This might be the last game in San Diego for the Chargers. They've been there for a long time. There's a lot of uncertainty with what's going on with, with that franchise possibly moving. Mm-hmm. I will always take a team in their potential last home game to at least beat the spread. The Rams last year, they were 7-9. and nine. They were a bad team. They won their final home game in St. Louis. I think the Chargers come to play. They always play close games. They have a minus three-point differential on the year. Yeah. So even with ten losses, they're only three point. They're only allowing three more points in their scoring. I, I think this is a perfect, another one, perfect opportunity. Chiefs win, Chargers cover. That spread keeps getting higher, and it's a little too high for me. I All love right. taking the Chargers here, in a, in a really nice sneaky play. That is, a, I, I kind of agree with you there. I didn't factor in the whole. This potentially could be their last game. That is a huge factor there for sure. The place will be rocking. Uh, the other one we wanted to look at, the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Now, you know, the Broncos have nothing to play for but pride. The Raiders could still get the top seed. They'll know by the time they get on the field if they can or not. If they can, right? I still like the Broncos. And I I'll tell too. you why. I like them because I love pride. I think it's a major factor. I also, and it becomes an increasing factor when you're playing against a team you hate. Right. You don't want to see your rivals go on to greener pastures and, and, you know, potentially secure a number one seed and all that. You don't want that. You want to do, you want to send them home feeling as bad as you do or as close to it as it, as it can be. And I think after what happened last week, you know, these guys, if they have any pride, which I'm sure they do, they're professional athletes, they got to this point in their lives for, for a reason. And, you know, you know I hate the donkeys, but I like I like them in this one. Just one, because I, I, I agree with you, for every comment you're saying right there, but the one thing that scares me, as much as the Broncos hate the Raiders right now, they might arguably hate the Chiefs more for pulling that play with <laughs> Dottari Poe with the touchdown. Yeah. A Raiders loss moves the Chiefs into the division title if they win. I don't, I don't think Denver's not going to care. I don't think they're going to, you know, maybe lay down. But I did just read. Honestly, they're favorites, the by end. the way, for our, listeners, for our listeners that don't know. The, the Broncos are one-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Well, that's what I was going to say. Which and, is and it crazy. just down to one because Gary Kubiak has announced that he's going to be playing both Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. 
which wow, which scares me, and I what think would scare heck? you for the same yeah, comment. Yeah, I, I all of a sudden may have a change of heart here. Right, because we like the pride, and here we are saying like Denver's not—they're not going to be—they're not going to let someone else celebrate on their field. Maybe they are actually, and I'm—I'm I'm currently taking the Broncos. I very rarely do this, but we saw it happen with the Eagles and Giants last week. If the spread flips, if Oakland becomes the favorite. I think that's enough for me to think that I'm going to switch sides to Oakland as well. I don't. I, I very rarely flip, but if the spread moves that much, I will. Right now, I'm taking the Broncos because I, I do think that everything we just said, too much pride on the line. Denver's at home, bad, bad quarterback, honestly, going against a great defense. I like Denver, but I'm, I'm penciling that in, not, not using Penn right now. All right. Now we get to the game that everyone around here is worried about. And well, not necessarily, maybe... Maybe not worried enough, actually, when I tell you that, Mario, and if you've been listening to the show. Yes, I have. Yeah. I, I, I don't get the, And look, you know I'm a Pats fan. I'm from here, whatever. But you know what You know what bugs me? And I, I think I might have said this on the air recently, or I tweeted it. I can't remember. Maybe both. But what bugs me is that when, when we were growing up here in the New England area, Boston area, you know, the Red Sox-Yankees has always been a huge rivalry, right? Yep. And before the Red Sox erased the curse in 2004, we were that we, it was like it's like the Cubs fans, right? We were that lovable underdog. Everyone wanted to see us do it, and yet the the curse of the Bambino always got us. And the Yankees with that team spending all that money, you know, beating us every time, breaking our hearts all the time, arrogant, and, and you know, just we hated them, you know, and, right. and for all those reasons, and we hated their fans for all those reasons. And now all of a sudden, I, I got to say, and, you know, Boston people can call me a traitor or whatever. Patriots fans have become Yankees fans of that era. They've, they've become those Yankees fans, those pompous, arrogant, we don't need to try. We got a clear path to the Super Bowl. We don't even need to worry about anything until we get to Houston. Nobody's going to beat us. You know, they might be right. But this attitude that you, you don't want to secure a number one seed when you have the chance— I don't know. It's just asinine and pompous to me. What do you think? I think I think it's fair to compare the two teams because the Yankees of that era and the Patriots of this era, they they did walk into the playoffs every year. They, the Patriots will walk into the playoffs every year. So you know you you do yeah. have that level of like championship or bust, but you kind of know that you're gonna you're gonna be there. But so don't take it for granted. You know right, what I mean? It's very easy to take that for granted. I do think the difference is this year we're seeing a Patriots team that really hasn't fallen asleep at all. They've no. lost one game with Tom Brady. So we can all freak out. We can all talk about, you know, potential letdowns. They, they really haven't let down. And that is a testament to, to what New England has been able to do. Honestly, four games without Brady, they were 3-1, and one, and here they are just tearing through the rest of the league. I am, I am personally torn on whether I expect them to rest players or not. I don't think that they do. And that's one of the hard well, they, parts. About they the won't unless games. they go up. They already said it. They right. said, they said think, we're going to win, but, you know, if – if it gets to 31 nothing or something at halftime, then, yeah, sure, you can expect sure. that. And, and, and exactly what you just said, they are going to win. That, that's the answer in the end here. I think that what we're overlooking on the other side of it is Miami actually really does need this win. Losing to, to New England would pretty much send Miami to Pittsburgh next week. Mm-hmm. Beating New England, not that they're going to, but in their minds they have a shot here, sends them to Houston. And that is a world of a difference wow. between See? where you're playing. This is why we bring Mario on the show. Right. So I think the spread, I've seen nine and a half to ten. I really, really like the Dolphins to, to, to cover, cover that spread just because they are, I believe, playing throughout this game. Also, you want to get Matt Moore some reps out there. Like right. he's your quarterback for the playoffs. 
it would not it would not be wise to sit down to sit him mm-hmm. get him out there. I think Miami does compete, but like we just said, New England has the purpose to win this game. I think they do. It's hard to imagine New England losing to any team in the AFC right now, especially on the road to a division rival. New England will win it, but I, I see Miami playing throughout, and that's just too big of a number to cover right now with something on the line for the, for the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of cover from the underdogs, exactly. but not win outright. So, and I think that's the way it's going to be this week. I see. I see, my friend. Well, listen, we appreciate it. Uh, got any big plans for New Year's Eve? Just getting ready to watch all the games New Year's Day, honestly. I'm, I'm thrilled. They're all together in one day. So it, it, yeah, I'm excited for it, just for that. It's going to be sad Thursday night with no game, but we have it all Sunday. So <laughs> Apparently, Siri, well. my, my Siri on my phone wants to take me out for New Year's Eve or something. She just went <laughs> berserk when I said that. There you go. Unreal. Okay, Siri. We'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, listen, my friend, always a pleasure. You have a a happy and safe new year, and we will talk to you in 2017, all right? You too, man. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. All right. That is Mario Magola joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Uh Uh-oh. It's Gabe time. It's go time. It's Gabe time. Gabriel Morenci joins us next on the Stretch Run. Stay with us. I'll do it again.